Hey, it's a Locked On crossover, Locked On Padres and Locked On White Sox. The Chicago White Sox wasted very little time in acquiring free agent starting pitcher Mike Clevenger. He struggled to stay healthy and he's just plain struggled, but that hasn't always been the case. The White Sox have reportedly given Clevenger a one-year $12 million deal. Can Mike Clevenger return to accustomed levels and are the risks worth the potential reward? You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Uh, really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox, Locked On White Sox, and Locked On Padres are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Uh, the signing of Mike Clevenger is a bit confusing to me. Uh, I appreciate the fact that the White Sox have added pitching, but at what cost uh, to help me make sense of Clevenger. I'm being joined by Locked On Padres host Javier Reyes. Uh, welcome uh, to Locked On White Sox. What is going on, my man? I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah. Uh, and just, just, just ready to talk Clevenger. A guy who Man, uh, a very a tumultuous uh, time, I think some Padres fans would say, uh, in San Diego. And I'm surprised that, like, I mean, this is how baseball offseason works. Uh, it's the only sport where the lower-tier free agents always go first. But uh, it's still kind of surprising, like, how quickly the White Sox, and what feels like a pretty big offseason for them in a lot of ways, that this was kind of like their first big move. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, man. Yeah, I'm glad you feel feel that way too. I, like, I wonder what the market was like for Clevenger. Was it just white hot, and they're like, "We got to get in on Clevenger now because boy, he's going to get gobbled up." The, the GM for the White Sox, just some backstory. Rick Hahn said about you know a month and a half ago, the Sox are not going to be throwing money at problems, and here they go. Uh, they take this gamble, in my mind, on Clevenger. Okay, it's low risk, could be high reward, has had a ton of injury issues, and they, they give him a $12 million a one-year deal. What were your first reactions when you heard that Clevenger was going to the White Sox? Um, look, I think that – so there's two things. Number one is that I have been kind of out on my Clevenger for a while, especially listeners of my podcast know, for a bunch of reasons that we'll get into. And number two is just it's, – it's funny. Just I can't get over, like, how much things have flipped for the White Sox, who were kind of like the, the it team – uh, kind of the it team of the American League, the way the Padres were the it team after 2020. Both teams end up taking a step back. The Padres bounced back in 2022, not so much the White Sox. But it's just, this is a team that's just, it feels like they're just trying to go for these these low-cost options. And my other thing is maybe this is a guy that they're hoping to have a really good first half and then flip him at the deadline. I don't know. But it's, in fairness, 
you could do worse. It's one year. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter that much when it's just a one-year deal. And you kind of look at it and you say, look, he's been good for a while, you know, absent these past two years. He's has evidence of being very good. And when it comes to ironing out the back end of a rotation, there are many, many worse guys uh, probably out there to take a flyer on than than Clevenger, although I was still surprised that it happened so quickly. It's almost like they were like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, the, and it's weird because it's not like we've seen baseball. It's not like teams are, you know, excited to spend money. You know what I mean? It's not like this is a sport that is known for, oh, you got to get in on the free. No, there's like, if a player costs more than $10 million, half the teams in the league are just out. It could be for one season. They seem right out. So that, that's what was surprising to me the most, probably. Yeah, uh, especially the way the Sox have operated. Uh, they don't make moves in November. You know, they're mm -hmm. active during the winter meetings. And it sounds like the trade market is going to be how they are going to try to improve on, on all the other needs. It just was interesting that this was their first big get. Uh, Mike Clevenger. Uh, so, you know, Sox fans are going to want to know positives and negatives. We saw him a lot when he was in a Cleveland uniform, and those were some of his glory days. I mean, he had some really great numbers, uh, had a bunch of different injuries, came over to you in 2020. And, and again, you didn't see much of him because he was out all of 2021 with his second Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. But I guess if you could give us just some positives from Clevenger and then maybe what are some you know, lingering or maybe lingering in 2023 negatives. I think the negatives for Mike Clevenger are are, are, are are plenty, right? Like we're definitely going to talk about those and just kind of, you know, just this is a guy who injuries just absolutely destroy players sometimes. And I think this is one of those cases and the Padres tend to be very aggressive, right? In 2020, they were very good, albeit in a truncated season, and they decided, all right, this is probably the best pitcher on the market. And then Cleveland, they had so much pitching that they were willing to deal him. Um, my kind of vibe with Mike Clevenger is also that, while I do think he, he kind of stinks now, it's hard to fault the Padres for that trade. I know everybody likes to get on them and, oh, Cal Quantrill. Uh, Cal Quantrill's fine. I, I would like him on a team for sure to iron out a rotation. But Clevenger's upside was there. This is a guy who, when they had traded for him in 2020, the people who had better ERAs than him over the past few seasons are Verlander, Scherzer, Kershaw, and probably one more that I'm forgetting right now, like right, like there weren't that many. Oh, Jacob Degrom is the other one. Mm -hmm, yeah, uh, like, and that's kind of surprising when I tell people that. Like in terms of ERA at the time, he was up there. He was up there. He threw some really good pitches. His velocity was fine at the time, and I just thought that he was that guy who was going to go and at the minimum just give up like you know maybe maybe one run or two. And the Padres really needed that um that season because they. You know, they had a lot of injuries of their own. Their pitching prospects hadn't come up. And then you had Zach Davies and Denelson Lamette as your top two starters. And, you know, we weren't sure how that would, would, would stay, right, going forward. And then they decide, let's keep him. But then, you know, the Tommy John surgery comes in. And this might just be the case of it's very rare, I think, for people to be able to, to deal with giant injuries like that so soon after one another it's not like he was 22 had an acl and then at age 33 he got hurt with a big injury again right like i just think that the the proximity to the first one is really what did him in and it's it's also pretty damning that the padres petco is a little bit more of a pitcher's park so for him not to do well there despite all the momentum the team had is it, it, pretty rough but i will say when he's right 
I mean, even in the short time in 2020, he is a pretty good pitcher, man. And again, you could do a lot worse than taking a flyer (laughs) on a guy who was like a fringe all-star when he was healthy, uh, especially for the position the White Sox are in. And especially considering it's not like there's tons of starting pitchers out there. I know everyone likes to bring up Rodon. Rodon's another injury guy. He's great, but he's also another guy who gets injured a lot. So I don't think this is a very deep free agent class in terms of pitching. So I don't really think it's that bad of a move. Although it is unfortunately a sign of how poorly things have gone for the White Sox lately. Yeah. Uh, Sox are traditionally a team that want to try to capture lightning in a bottle instead of bring the thunder. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm wondering if maybe from the experience with Johnny Cueto this past season, things worked out with Johnny Cueto. He had a burst of new life and they decided, you know what, we could try this again, maybe with a younger guy, uh, in, in, in Clevenger. Um, I, I do want to get to, you know, in just a moment here, you know, why the Padres let Clevenger maybe walk, uh, you know, San Diego obviously had a high interest in Clevenger, a huge player deal in 2020. Uh, I'm going to find out why the Padres let him walk on the door. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Lockdown White Sox listeners can order the number one rated uh, Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. Uh, this is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Uh, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? Uh, that's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe is home. Whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big this holiday season. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash MLB today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash MLB. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. All right. Uh, so Javier Reyes, uh, host of Lockdown Padres, uh, you, sir, have made me feel a little bit better now about uh, Mike <laughs> Clevenger, just just a little bit. But I, I guess my, my question is, uh, if there is potential upside, you know, uh, for him to maybe regain some of that form, uh, why not? Why not try to keep him? Why not San Diego try to, you know, get him on the cheap? And that's a really good question. I think that the biggest thing is maybe hey, it's totally possible that the Padres are just like, let's just change things up. Uh, it's totally possible that they're like, let's just bring in someone new. Maybe he'll do better elsewhere. But we personally don't know how to figure this out. And in fairness, the Padres, in fairness to the White Sox, I should say, have had a really poor um, history of evaluating pitchers. And, you know, yes, they brought in some guys, Ruben Niebla from the Cleveland Guardians. He's 
you know, got a great track record. And maybe he told the Padres, like, yeah, this guy might not have it anymore. You should move on. His velocity has went down from 95.1 miles per hour on his fastball to 93.6, uh, mm. to be exact, to consult my side computer over here. <laughs> um, and I think that with the pods, though, you still wonder. This is a team that gave up essentially all of its pitching prospects. They do not really have anyone coming up. As of right now, who the heck knows? Someone might sprout up in six months. But as of right now, they don't have a lot of reinforcements there. You got Snell, you got Darvish, you got Musgrove, and Nick Martinez. They aren't necessarily a team that is content with their current pitching situation. So I'm a little bit curious to see. Maybe it was just not the price that they wanted and they figured let's just move on, right? And that we could get someone like a... a um, you know, Jose Quintana, we can get, we'll take a flyer on Corey Kluber, who is a former Padre in a very, very long time ago, back when he was a, a know-nothing prospect, right? Maybe that's what they would rather do instead of Clevenger again. And I'm all for that. I, I trust the team when it comes to ironing out the rest of the rotation. Every single time I've been nervous about it, they've been able to, you know, do well enough. Uh, but I will say that I think that it's a little damning that they decided, you know what, we're sick of this guy every single time. They needed him to just do a little bit. He did not come through, and he got worse as the season went on. So that is the best that I watch out for if Paul Sox uh, is got worse as time went along. Things can change. Maybe he's having a rehab year, right? Like he just was yep. going to be bad this year no matter what. Um, but with the Padres, I mean, the lasting image is him not even getting a single out in the playoffs, and it was just absolutely maddening. And for me – more than that, I've talked about on my show about the, the the person, Mike Clevenger, who is a guy that I'm not here to start lambasting people for politics or what have you. But, you know, you had the, the, the COVID-19 situation in 2020, which I thought was very wrong. I did not like that they had Carlos Carrasco on the team who had some heart stuff. And you're going out to not even get food not even heck going to the bank it's to like a club like that's what you were willing to break protocol rules for bottom line is those were the rules and i do not like that you were willing to disregard those right because you wanted to go out on the town which don't get me wrong we all want to do that but that's it's not as much COVID as the breaking of the rules thing and second was that after tatis was suspended for his PED thing, which all of my friends who love to roast the Padres love to remind me of every five minutes, um, <laughs> that he had some really choice words, kind of like really aggressive by his standards and by player standards of calling him out. I understood it from Musgrove, I understood it from Manny, but from Clevenger, it always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way that you're the guy who did this protocol breaching thing. I understand if you're upset with him, and he very well might be right. And I bet a lot of players in the locker room also felt the same way. But there's something about Clevenger, almost like a lack of self-awareness in him calling out Tatis for that, while you were the dude who not so long ago did what you did out in Cleveland, right? And that might have been part of the reason they traded him. So that always rubbed me the wrong way. Hopefully he's over that. He's still a person who I don't think he's like a bad, evil person or anything like that, but... It's something to keep in the back of the mind. And I think that that's yeah. part of why maybe uh, Padres fans especially are like, yeah, all right, like good riddance. 
Okay, well now I'm back on a ledge. Uh, so, no, but you you did you hit a lot of the uh, you hit a lot of the uh, the questions that I was going to ask because I think the Sox are trying to create a new culture here. You know, we've got we've got a brand new manager. Uh, obviously, Jose Abreu is gone. Our, our team leader, our captain, so to speak. Uh, almost a whole new coaching staff. They seem to be going in a different direction without really ad- admitting it. And I, I really believe chemistry matters. You know, we've seen this with other teams that have stacked rosters and they don't get anywhere. And, and I think there's something about unity, culture, and, you know, just reading some articles. And again, you hit on it like, hey, he made some bad choices. Um, it was very telling of what happened in early August 2020. And then three weeks later, he gets dealt. Uh, you know, with two years remaining on his contract uh, to San Diego. So uh, interesting. I, I just do you think he's a good teammate? You know, do you think he will fit in, assimilate to what's going on uh, in Chicago? It's totally possible. I mean, again, it's it's a shame because also the calling out of Tatis in a vacuum was deserved. You know what I mean? What Tatis got in trouble for, like totally reasonable. They trade for Juan Soto. We're excited. We're on a roll and you're getting popped for PEDs, it's just like, what are you doing, man? Like, consult, ask a team, like, ask someone, but it was just the way he said it. I don't have the quote that Clevenger uh, Mm -hmm. mentioned in front of me, but I'm okay with Manny, I'm okay with Musgrove, heck, I'm okay with Hassan Kim said something, right? But there was something about Clevenger that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that being said, it's a new team, new clubhouse. We've seen guys bounce back before in all matters of sports. Everybody loves using the second chance term all the time, even when it's not necessarily deserved. But with the White Sox, it's still a good team that has a lot of talent. And Chicago as a fan base can be very supportive if he, you know, comes and operates well. And Yasmani Grandal is a former Padres prospect as well. And he theoretically should be one of the top catchers in the league. I don't know what the hell happened to him, uh, excuse me, uh, this uh, year. <laughs> like, injuries, I, no I mean, uh, knee injuries to a 30-plus-year-old catcher, repeatedly Oof. knee injuries, uh, not good. Not a good not combination. Good. Yeah. Not good. All right, well, yeah. I mean, and maybe, you know, working with Grandal, working with some new catchers, right? The Padres have had not the best of luck uh, with catchers lately. Maybe you work with a different staff. Anything can happen, man. I mean, Martin yeah. Perez... Uh, if you want to comp, uh, he was kind of a little bit of a mess. And then he goes to the Rangers and he blows up. And now he's one of the, the guys that is one of the more interesting free agents. Although I think he re-upped with the Rangers, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, like I just think that sometimes we maybe talk a little bit too much and complain a little bit too much about moves that probably in the end don't matter too much. It's not like they're signing this guy to a four-year deal for $60 million. It's one year. It's twelve million dollars. If he stinks, you get rid of him at the at the end of the year. If he's good, maybe you flip him at the deadline for an interesting prospect that you can package for, for just just an, have an asset, right? Uh, yeah. So I don't I don't hate it, you know. And the, the White Sox definitely need some some pitching enforcements because the Giolito decline. Right. I know that that's been really rough. Uh, there's a lot of question so, marks. You got, I mean, Lance Lynn's not getting any, uh, you know, younger. He's had some injuries uh, this past season. Michael Kopech rehabbing from knee injuries. So I think that was another thing that, you know, some eyebrows were raised when this Clevenger deal went down is uh, he's a question mark added to a starting staff of a bunch of question marks. So, you know, how is that? How is that going to play out? And again, it was the first move, really, uh, of the offseason. But uh, you're right with the question of character. You know, one of the biggest examples in, in Sox history is A.J. Pruszynski. 
he was regarded mm. as uh, you know a clubhouse cancer you know nobody wants to be this guy's teammate he will he will ruin the dugout for you and he comes over and it just meshed it just worked and he's a beloved white Sox, and, mm. and he won the you know obviously world series with us stuck around for a while and um so yeah anything could happen like you said uh, there, there's some interesting history Javier with Padres and White Sox. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I want to do, I want to get in this next segment a little bit, uh, you know, uh, still Sox fans, <laughs> you know, clench fists over Manny Machado and the James Shields Tatis Jr. But I also want to get your take on why San Diego wasn't maybe a good fit for Jose Abreu. All right, we're going to do that uh, more in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm sure you do, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. A bet online where the game starts. Okay. Uh, Jose Abreu is gone. He, uh, it's, this is going to be difficult for Sox fans for a long time on social media today, on Twitter, especially it was, it was rough, uh, you know, and seeing him in the Houston Astros Jersey at, at the press conference and the things Ooh. he said, you know, slicing and dicing all of that trying to read into what does he mean is that a dig at you know jerry reinsdorf at the white Sox organization but san diego was a team javier that you know abreu and the padres were connected for a while there mm -hmm. it, there were a lot of articles coming out it, it made sense it just made sense for the needs that the padres uh you know were looking for did did the padres to your knowledge offer him a deal how how come it didn't go right in your mind I think that I, from what I'm, I've, I've, I understand is that it was some like three years, 60 million type of thing. Yeah. I think the Padres, I think that they have money to spend, but I don't think, and in fairness to them, they are spending already a good amount of money. This is not your, your Cleveland. This is not, uh, you know, your Milwaukee, right? Like they are spending a, a decent amount of money right now. And they might be saying, you know what? We don't need stars though. And I think that that's the biggest thing for me with, with Jose Abreu is that, I know, it, don't get me wrong, I, I love having stars, but not everybody has to be the Dodgers. In fact, they proved you don't have to be the Dodgers. Everybody watched the playoffs this year. Oh, man. Oh, that was lovely. Uh, but my thing with the pods is I think that they should be taking a lot of these low-cost options. I've been very huge into someone like Michael Conforto. Um, and not to mention, the Padres have some guys who could potentially move over to first if they don't re-sign or sign a first baseman. Say they don't. They didn't bring back Abreu. Okay. Say they don't bring um, Josh Bell uh, back to the team. Right. Then you can move Jake Cronenworth over to first base. You can have Hassan Kim be permanently shortstop. You have that Fernando Tatis Jr. guy. He's pretty good. He could play shortstop. Or he goes to the outfield, and then Kim goes to the bench, and they sign Xander Bogarts. Right. Like there's there's still so many other interesting dominoes to fall that I don't think that them missing out on Jose Abreu is the be-all and end-all. It's cool, but as people noted, have noted, he is a little bit older, um, and it's it's a little bit scary. He doesn't hit fastballs the same way that he used to. He didn't show nearly as much power as he's shown in in those those glory days, the, the the big fun year, the what was his rookie year when he had thirty nine home runs or whatever? Yeah, rookie of the year, year in twenty fourteen, yeah. uh, MVP in that in that twenty twenty mm -hmm. year. Um, you know, he has been the gold standard 
you know, for mm-hmm. White Sox offense. But he his his power numbers did fall off, and I was surprised at that three year deal. Uh, the Sox were not going to pay that, and I don't think they should have paid three years sixty million uh, for his services. Yeah, and it's that's a, that's a decent chunk of change, twenty million a year. So the Padres might be thinking, you know what? I'd rather we move Cronenworth if we don't get blank blank or blank whatever targets that they may have on their whiteboard right now uh if we don't do that we have someone who could play first and i bet you josh bell if they want to do that he's not going to go for nearly as much as jose abreu did i'd be very shocked if he did and you might talk yourself into that and say oh well josh bell he's been pretty good before and yeah the defense is lacking but we don't complain about alonzo and some of these other first basemen the same way when they don't have their good defensive value so we'd rather do that for two years 28 i don't know what the heck right maybe that's what's the the padre camp way of thinking and if that's the case then i'm all for it because the padres have stars already they have tatis they have soto they have manny you have three potential mvps one of which should have won the mvp in your lineup so this is not the Padres of old. You do not have to go all out for the superstars because you already have three of them. Not to mention you Darvish is rad and you still got Blake Snell and you got all these guys. You got Musgrove, who I think is a borderline star as well. Um, and I, I, I think most people would agree. So I think that's what it is. I think they're just like, you know what? A little bit too pricey for us. And there's some other guys out there, right? If they decide to do the Xander Bogarts rumor, that's like a big time player who's been good back since when Jose Abreu first came onto the sure. team. Like he's been yeah. in the league and been dominant as a bat. Uh, defense leaves a little bit to be questioned, um, desired sometimes, but he's been great for a long time too. So maybe that's what they figured. Yeah. I don't know. It's exciting. Uh, I will say it's exciting knowing that the Padres look. Preller doesn't know how to stop. You know what I mean? If you have a player who is good, he is interested. Right. In fact, if you even have a player that is someone who can be signed or traded for, AJ Preller has showed that he's very interested, and it just wouldn't shock me any direction that they go in. Yeah, uh, that uh, I just wanted to bring you on just to hear you say that and hear what it's like to have that as a fan, um, because <laughs> we don't really know uh, in in the White Sox fan base. We just don't know. Yeah, I mean, we we lost out on Manny Machado because really Jerry Reinsdorf wanted to do things his way, not the Manny not. Manny Machado's way in his camp. He wanted to sweeten it his own way. Laughable stuff. Trying to bring in Yonder Alonso and John Jay to entice Manny Machado. The James Shields, Tatis Jr. thing still just aggravates uh, all Sox, Sox fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, how uh, we do we do look at your organization is like wow. I mean, mm-hmm. like they're in on everybody. Like at the at the deadline with Soto, it's unbelievable. How do the fans feel about the organization? Do they feel the money is being spent the right way? And is it just really too difficult to leapfrog the Dodgers in terms of divisional? Although you guys did it in the playoffs, I think it's. I think that fans are just so excited. Uh, I think it really needs to be stressed that you know. I mean, ever since I started hosting the podcast, it's been galore, right? And even. When Jerry Preller first got there, and while it didn't work out uh, with the trade for Will Myers that gave up a little guy named Trey Turner, right? The trade for uh, Melvin Upton, the trade for Craig Kimbrell and Matt Kemp and Justin Upton, like all these guys, it didn't work out. But what's remarkable is that the Padres and new ownership of Sidlers deserve a lot of credit too. It's a new face. This wasn't just a one-year thing. They keep doing this, and they stressed even as the season ended that this isn't that they're going to continue to spend. I don't. I'm not saying that they have to go up to the New York Mets or anything like that, but it's just nice to know that 
we are not only going to singularly let money dictate whether or not we're going to be competitive. We're going to look at the landscape and we're going to decide if we think a player is worth it. Padres fans were complaining last year. They didn't get Nick Castellanos. Mm. Well, guess what? You got Juan Soto. You don't know. <laughs> it's nice to know that if the Padres did go out this offseason and all they did was sign, I don't know, like a some like Kevin Kiermaier. That's, that's a little bit mean. But if they sign like an okay player and that was it, it's nice to know that that doesn't mean that they're done. Right, because we just saw that. We just saw they didn't sign Cassianos or Schwarber, and then they got Soto later. So it just shows you that they're always ready to keep investing in their team. They're not going to be a Brewers and trade one of their best assets despite leading the division. They're not going to do that. They're going to keep going for it, even when they have Thanos in their division. Right? They're still going for it, and I think that that's that's what they love. They love, even yeah. in my opinion, even if it isn't always resulting in a lot of wins at least giving you something to watch all year it's a long season right yeah so that's just great and i i feel bad for all these teams that ownership is just kind of using this excuse of money and Mm -hmm. they've been doing this for Mm -hmm. years and it's like oh well we're the oakland a's we don't have a high attendance it's like well yeah that's because for the past 400 years you've been showing (laughs) that you get rid of all of your guys so eventually people are like hey i got an idea let's go watch football or let's go watch the new season of mythic quest on apple tv or ted lasso like people would rather dedicate their time elsewhere because you aren't dedicating your time to them and as a result i think that that's what happened has happened to a lot of teams and the Padres are like i got an idea we're the only pro team in, in town here let's own it let's go for it Let's have Emma Stone come to games, right? Like, that's kind of, it's so fun, right? Like, it's so fun to see this giant shift. And I wish that more teams in baseball would do the same. I mean, Chicago is famously uh, not a small market. So I feel bad that the White Sox have all this talent and they're like, eh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll sign, like... Hillary Anderson and call it a day. Well, it's, um, it's refreshing to hear that. And, and it's, 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 you know, it's music to all Sox fans ears. And, and just to tie it all up with Abreu, um, I'm sure they offered him something. I don't know when. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. said that Sox made an offer. Who knows when it was exactly during this whole process. Mm-hmm. But when he signed his extension in 2019 for three years, I think he truly felt that Reinsdorf was going to go all in and make a serious commitment, go after premium players, pay premium money, brought in, forced Tony Larusa down our throats, and mm-hmm. he's got his guy now in the managerial spot. Oh, of course, the, the front office is going to do everything they can to get me uh, some help to win a title. And that it didn't happen. And, and yeah. good, good for him for saying, you know what, I want to win, and and Houston's going to do that. Uh, they're they're showing that for sure. So yeah, the Sox unfortunately operate like a small market team. They cry poor, and uh, you know it's just interesting to hear your take. And and I really appreciate you coming on, Javier Reyes, and, and giving us giving us ho- a little bit of hope on Clevenger. And yeah. uh, you know anything can happen, but uh, I wanted to get your perspective. Absolutely, man. I mean, he has a bunch of plus pitches, and just. Give him give him some time. Maybe the off season they can really work with him and bring him back to what he was before the injuries. Not a guarantee. And by the way, even if it's not what he was before, if you can get like half of that, if you get fifty percent of that, guys, that's a value, especially mm-hmm. on a one year contract. And a lot of teams will eat that up if the White Sox aren't being competitive. They would love to trade for that. And guess what? Maybe you get a little bit of a reverse James Shields. I don't know. Maybe you trade. <laughs> maybe you trade Mike Clevenger for some sixteen year old named. John yeah. Flamesworth or yeah. whatever the heck. And then he comes up and he's the starting, you We're know, first baseman for one of those. Fears. 
Yeah, we're due for one of those. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the AL Central. I I said it last year. It's a weak division, and look what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. we we got steamrolled. But uh, I still think they, you know, Sox have a ton of talent. They they can get back and they could recapture the AL Central. And you know, uh, I appreciate the insight. Uh, We'll see with Clevenger, and you never know what could happen between the uh, Sox and the Padres during these winter meetings during this offseason. You never know. We might connect again. But Javier, where can where can everybody find your your work? Yeah, everybody could find me on Twitter at Javapeno. In my opinion, one of the best names on the Lockdown MLB <laughs> Network, Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at LO underscore Padres for the show's Twitter account, Lockdown Padres everywhere, on YouTube as well. Lockdown Padres is the YouTube thing. Pretty easy to find all that. And yeah, um, everybody go see Glass Onion, by the way. It just Movies are back. That's that's my last take of, okay. of this here show, Nick. Uh, incredible stuff. Um, unlike... Unlike sometimes the White Sox, right, <laughs> who maybe don't show that they are they are not giving the people what they want. Uh, Ryan Johnson gave people uh, what they okay. want, so everybody go check that out. <laughs> Absolutely, because there's not going to be a lot of action from the White Sox. So go watch movies this uh, this off season. <laughs> I, I love yeah. it, Javier. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. For sure, man. Glad we uh, finally connected. This Absolutely. Blast. All right, take care. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast and Lockdown Padres podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, uh, Lockdown Sox is on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Coming up on the next episode, I uh, plan on talking with the host of Lockdown Brewers, Brandon Snide, as I try to find out what would it take for the White Sox to get Colton Wong. Uh, Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.